Chapter 7 of Dot and Tot of Maryland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Adamson. Dot and Tot of Maryland by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 7 The Clown Country. Flippity Flop's house proved to be one big room, built under the platform and lighted by a soft glow from hidden electric lamps. The walls were covered with bright yellow silk hangings, and on the floor was a crimson carpet. All around the sides were wide benches with soft cushions of purple velvet, and near the middle of the room was a small table of blue and silver. On the walls, Dot noticed several gaudily covered pictures of clowns, and when Flippity-Flop saw the children looking at these pictures, he said, Those are portraits of my father and grandfather and great-grandfather. They were all princes of this valley of Maryland, as well as good men and clever clowns. Therefore, I am proud of them. They look very jolly, said Dot. They were jolly and proved a comfort to thousands of children, but you must be hungry, and I trust you will allow me to offer you some dinner. What will you have? What you got? inquired Tot. Well, I have in my cupboard some fried cold fish, boiled buttercups, and pickled shoelaces, he answered. Don't want any, said Tot. These seem rather foolish things to eat, remarked Dot. Of course they are foolish things, agreed Flippity-Flop cheerfully. Everything we do here is foolish. You certainly can't expect wisdom in a country of clowns. Of course not, said Tot. If you'll send to the boat for our basket, I think we will prefer to eat the things we brought with us, declared Dot. Certainly, answered the prince, and immediately sticking his head through the trap door, he asked a clown who stood outside to fetch the basket. It came in a remarkably short time, and then Flippity-Flop assisted Dot to lay the cloth on the blue and silver table, while the children proceeded to eat of the sandwiches, cake, and apple tarts that remained in the basket. "'Wouldn't you like something to drink?' asked the prince. "'I am rather thirsty,' admitted Dot. "'Have you any milk?' "'No, we do not use milk in this valley,' he answered, "'but we have some excellent green paint. "'Or if you prefer it, I can give a bottle of red mucilage.' "'No, thank you,' said Dot. "'We couldn't drink those. "'Perhaps you will bring us some fresh water from the river.' "'But the water is quite wet,' exclaimed the clown.' and is liable to make you damp. Surely you won't think of drinking it. Oh, yes, we're accustomed to drinking water, said the girl. So the water was sent for, and Dot and Tot took long and refreshing drinks, although their action alarmed Flippity-Flop, who urged them to eat a few handfuls of sawdust afterward to absorb the dampness. Do all the clowns live in this valley? asked the girl when the table was cleared. 
Yes, all except those we send into the world to amuse the children, answered Flippity-Flop. You see, we train them all very carefully, and every year one is selected to go into the world. How do they get there? asked the child. At the upper edge of our valley there is one place not so steep as the rest. The clown who is leaving us climbs to this place and finds himself on the top of a mountain. So he makes himself into a ball, as he has been taught to do, and rolls down the mountain into the outside world, where he travels around until he finds a circus to join. Oh, exclaimed Dot, I've seen him in circuses. To be sure, that's the proper place for clowns. Do they make the children laugh? Sometimes, said the girl. When they do not, said Flippity-Flop gravely, they are imitation clowns, and were never trained in this valley of Maryland. The real clowns are sure to make you laugh. But come, it is time our people were gathering on the platforms for their evening practice. Would you like to watch them? Yes, indeed, cried Dot joyfully, and Tot clapped his hands and echoed, Deed, yes. So Flippity-Flop lifted them through the hole to the top of the padded platform, where they saw a strange and merry sight. All the platforms on both sides of the street were now occupied by clowns who were performing in a most marvelous manner. The trees were full of electric lights, which shed brilliant rays over the scene and enabled the children to see everything distinctly. Come with me, said their friend, and I will lead you through the street that you may see what my brothers are doing. They left the princess platform and came to the next, where three gaily dressed clowns were bounding into the air and whirling around before they came down again. Every time they jumped, they cried, All right, Mr. Johnson, in their shrill voices, and often one of them would fall on his head or back instead of landing on his feet. When this happened, they were not hurt, for the platform was soft and yielding. So they sprang up at once and tried it over again, laughing at their own mishaps. At the next platform were some juggling clowns. One of these placed a light ladder on his shoulders, and another ran up it and stood upon his head on the top rung. In another place the clowns threw small silver balls into the air, one after the other, and then caught them cleverly as they came down. Near the end of the street a clown dressed in a costume of scarlet with green spots upon it, and wearing a white pointed cap upon his head was singing a comic song. They stopped to listen while he sang as follows. A goat to a barber went one day, just trim my beard, the goat did say, and cut my hair in a stylish way. Sing chivvy, shovey, shavey. The barber then began to snip, but soon he let the scissors slip and cut the goat upon his lip. Sing chivvy, shovey, shavey. Then Mr. Goat, with angry bleat, gave one big jump from out his seat and knocked the barber off his feet. Sing chivvy, shovey, shavey. Enough, he cried, I'll have you know if barbers treat their patrons so. 
I'll just allow my beard to grow, sing shivy, shovy, shaby. After each verse, another clown cracked a long whip at the singer, which made him leap into the air and screw his face up in such a comical way that Dot and Tot were greatly amused and applauded him rapturously. Just across the street was another singing clown, but this one was dressed in a curious costume that was all white on one side of his body and all red on the other side. This fellow balanced the point of his cap upon the end of his nose and then, making a bow, sang the following song. Little Tommy Harris made a trip to Paris. There he went within a tent, saw a convex firmament. Then he peered within a booth, saw a shark without a tooth. Heard a dumb man sing and chant, saw a crimson elephant. Next he walked into a street, saw a lamppost drink and eat. Heard a turtle loudly roar, saw a rainbow through a door. Then a man without a leg danced upon a horse's egg. Then a steeple on a dome cried, My boy, you'd best go home. But as Tommy homeward sped, he awoke and was in bed. Little Tommy Harris never went to Paris. This singer had so droll an expression on his face that Tot yelled with rapture, and Dot found herself laughing heartily. Indeed, the whole performance was a delight to the children, and they were sorry when a bell rang and put a stop to the antics of the clowns. At once they all dived into the trapdoors of their platforms, and Flippity-Flop said they had gone to bed and would not appear until the next morning. The children were somewhat tired by the adventures of the day, so when Flippity-Flop helped them to gain the room under his platform, they crept to the soft-cushioned benches that lined the walls and lay down. In less than a minute, Dot and Tot were fast asleep, curled up side by side with their arms entwined. Next morning they were awakened by the strains of sweet music. Dot at once sat up and asked, What is that? That is my alarm clock, answered Flippity-Flop, who had been reclining upon a bench at the other side of the room. It tells me when it's time to get up. It's a queer alarm clock, said the girl. But a very good one, returned the clown. It is really a big music box under the bench, which starts playing every morning at seven o'clock. So instead of being awakened by a rattling and clanging of bells, such as most alarm clocks make, I open my eyes with a sensation of pleasure and get up feeling jolly and content. I think it's a lovely clock, said Tot. Won't you join me at breakfast, asked the prince. I'm going to have a dish of scrambled eggshells and a few fried buttons. The eggshells make our complexion white and chalky, and we are very fond of them. I prefer to eat something from our basket replied the girl but tom may eat the eggshells and buttons if he wants them don't want em cried tot want bread and butter well i declare said the clown what peculiar tastes you children have but he allowed them to 
breakfast from their own stock of food, and when the meal was finished, Dot said, We must be going now, but first I wish to thank you for the pleasant time we have had in your valley. We enjoyed the clowns very much indeed. Nice clowns, declared Tot with emphasis. I'm sorry to have you go, said Flippity-Flop, but I suppose you cannot stay here always, especially as you are going to visit our queen. Then he carried the big basket down to the boat for them, and all the clowns came to the river bank in a long procession to bid them good-bye. After they were seated in the boat and had begun to float out into the river again, the clowns started singing a comet's song in one big chorus as a farewell entertainment. Dot and Tot laughed and waved their handkerchiefs at the jolly fellows until the archway leading into the next valley was reached, and as the shadow of the rocks fell upon them and shut out their view of the first valley of Maryland, they sighed and turned wonderingly to face whatever adventures might lie before them. End of chapter 7 Recording by Paul Adamson in the Wichita Mountains of Oklahoma